Hey folks, welcome back to episode number 48 of the Uticast. Kev, we have two weeks to figure out something cool to do for episode 50. 50 has to be a special episode, Yeah, right? it's gotta be a gotta good Gotta try one. to do something. Um, I have been trying to get the listeners to send in some mailbag questions for a mailbag-only episode. How's that been going? Uh, it's going. <laughs> it's a thing. Uh, don't be shy, folks. We don't bite hard, or if you ask us nicely. Uh, but again, wow. we'll, well, we'll worry about that in two weeks. For now, let's worry about this week's guests. I'm actually very, very excited for them. They've been doing the media rounds everywhere this week. Uh, Beth and Mar and Mark Piersma from the Adirondack Scenic Railroad are coming to talk about the rally for the rails. Plus, Aaron Higgins is back two weeks in a row. It's an exciting week here in the show. As always, I am Sam Famolaro, and joining me, my my partner in crime, the man, the myth, the legend, Kevin Sullivan. Hey, buddy. I think it's important for you, for everybody, every one of the listeners to know that you just came in from taking a run outside. Yeah. You are literally sweating. You've been in the door for three minutes, and you're hard to work. Hard at work. Because that's just the kind of showrunner you are. That's the kind of man I am. Uh, you know what it is, too, though? Um, last week on the episode, uh, we had Kate Riley come on, and we talked very briefly about how we've done no Boilermaker training. So just before this, me and me and good friend of the pod, Kate Riley, went for a run. Not a great one. Did not feel good. I gotta tell you, I'm I'm beat up. Uh, but I've been watching a lot of Thirty for Thirties with you and Mister Maiden Utica Justin Parkinson, who is also here with us right now. What's going on? How you doing? Number uh, forty-eight, Tory Hunter and Daryl Moose Johnson. Ah, see, there you go. He's pulling them up right on the spot. I, I always like, like Tory Hunter. Yeah, Tory Hunter, positive yeah. steaming guy. Always seems like he's having a good time out there. Just like you, Parkinson. You always yeah. seem like you're having a good time. Me and Tory Hunter are a bunch of pals. Uh. But yeah, I've been gassed up. And by the way, real quick, uh, for any sports fans out there, I've, we've really been watching a lot of the 30 for 30s, the ESPN 30 for 30s on Netflix. Great stuff. All yeah. of them, right across the board, man. I'm really working up the, the courage to, to watch the Four Falls in Buffalo one. About yeah. It's going to be a tough time for you to see to see the wide right four years in a row. I love seeing the lads out there. You know how I feel about watching the lads, but it's going to be tough. It's true. Um so we got Beth and Mar and Mark Piersma here coming up this week. Uh, Aaron will be on the show this week, but Justin, uh, I wanted to bring you in. Just talk about the huge, crazy, crazy week it's been up until today. Um, it was a big weekend. For me it was a yeah, huge, huge big week. week. Yeah, even the weekend in particular, but the, the entire week. So Tuesday, we went to Woodland to, to try the beer that they made for us, the Maiden Brutica. Yeah. Um, so we made a video for that, so we all... Got a little yeah, the Brutica bunch. That video, that video came out great. I really like that video. It's one of the better videos we've done. It's pretty funny. Um, um, yeah, so that was good. We got to do the sample, and then, and then it came out Wednesday. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Keith and AJ, by the way, up at Woodland Brewery. Yeah. They People did really, are, really, really Those nice guys job. at Woodland are always so yeah. kind to us. Yeah. And then uh, Thursday, we poured at the first Saranac. You guys did. The very first Saranac Thursday of the year, the whole team yep. was out pouring beer. 22 uh, kegs. 22 kegs kicked off the Maiden Utica beer truck alone. Something else. We were over there with Rosier Communications yep. and, of course, the signal. 
yeah. wonderful friend John Howard. There were a lot of people out drinking yeah. beer on Thursday. Yes, I was, was sadly uh, working for that event. Uh, you guys were there on the scene, though. What was the first Saranac like? People obviously hyped up, gassed up for the event. Uh, yeah, it was a zoo. There were, I mean, there were so many people. There were people lined up down the street, around the finish line, down to the parking lot. Like, it was a huge, huge number. I think all told, it clocked in right around 3,000 people. Mm. And the band Showtime was really good, as always. They're always good, man. They've been good back since, like... They, see, kids. they play so many songs that, like, cover bands don't play, like, weird, like, Peter Gabriel yeah, and stuff like friends, that, like, deep cuts. Gabriel, yeah, well, this is good. something we've Sticks, talked about. Renegade. Like, set list choice is huge. If you're going to be a cover yeah. band, your choice of set list when is huge. We, when we were kids, we were too idealistic, or at least in our minds at the time, to play cover music, right? Like, we were in that. Yeah, I don't think we appreciated other people's songs as much, because we were so blown away by the fact that we could, like, we found out we could make songs. Yeah, but, like, in hindsight, I think what sets a cover band apart is really selection, right? Yeah. Like. Because anyone, like, and this is not a knock, anyone can go out and play Uptown Funk because that's a hot song right now. They did. Like, and a lot of people do, because <laughs> it's a jam, right? And yeah. it's not that hard of a song to play, technically, it's a crowd pleaser. But if you could bust out, like, uh, like uh, Ain't No Mountain High Enough, people are going to be yeah. four times as impressed. Do you know what I mean? Like, they had, they, I love Sticks Renegade, and they played that. I never hear Utica cover <laughs> bands doing Renegade by right. Sticks. I was like, yes. I only know the one Sticks song, Just Come Sail Away. Is that Sticks? Yeah. 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 Uh, so let's move on. So Thursday, big success. Yeah. Pouring at uh, Saranac yep. Thursdays, Maiden Utica yeah. Thursdays. Yeah. That's, that'll be the future for yeah, you, right? <laughs> yes. Hey, it was our second year being on the first week, too, so that was really cool to, yeah. to get to do that twice. So and, uh, and here's another event that I did not get to go to yeah. uh, that you guys got to go to on Friday, and that's so WWE jealous, at the Auditorium. Yo, we had so much fun going to see wrestling at the Aud. Um It was, I mean, like, it's no secret. Like, we all like to watch wrestling, you know, we keep up and follow it, we enjoy watching, whatever. To go see it live with all the people and everybody's so hyped, and the underrated thing I wasn't expecting is there were so many, like... The crowd was such a mixed bag of people. There were mm-hmm. all types of people there, but especially there were a lot of little kids. Yeah, man. And, like, it was just so fun to see the little kids get so into it and hyped up that you couldn't help but get hyped yourself. Except they liked all the wrong guys. They liked all the, like, <laughs> yeah. white, yeah. red, baby face. Yeah. All uh, those dudes. I was a little hurt that I couldn't go on Friday night, uh, but it seemed like everyone was having a good time. The yeah. pictures seemed like the crowd was into it. Yeah, yeah. They they had a good, they had a good turnout. Not as... Pack, they still said, what, 3,500? 3, 3, like, it's the, it was a lot of people there, but for some yeah. reason, because of the way the odd space is, there's not a bad seat in that house for, for where we True. were sitting. We had great I mean, seats. Oh, my God. I yes. got those tickets on a whim at, like, 5 o'clock on <laughs> Friday, because I was like, well, I'm out of work. It's Friday. The wrestling is here. Might yeah. as well go take a look, drink some UCs. When I was a little kid, we used to go to wrestling all the time. Uh, specifically, me, my dad, uh, my buddy Mike Salami. Uh, from New York Mills, not from Utica. Not there's not that it matters, but just for keeping up the the correctness of it. And his dad we used to all go together to the Utica Augs, Me and little Mike Slamy like wrestling. And I remember as a kid, the odds seemed so big. You yeah. seemed so far away from everything because you're just in retrospect, you're so small. Yeah, right. I would have really liked to see what it's like in the odds because when you go to a, a Comets game, it doesn't seem that far away. So it must have been nice to just no, feel that's, that where close. We, where we were sitting would have basically been down <laughs> that section on the glass at a yeah. Comets game. Yeah. So they were wrestling out at like sort of center ice more or yeah, less. Yeah, that's the other thing too. If you're sitting on the glass, yeah. so there was like room. But it's nice because you're up a little bit. I feel like if yeah. you're on the floor and a few rows back, you can't always see everything. So being up a spot or two is yeah. pretty good. We were essentially, uh, I don't know, 10 feet from Pauly Diamond. So if you have any references of Pauly That's on the true. internet, take it in. So go look at his pictures. And we, were, we were right behind him. It was funny watching those guys. Yeah. And then let's move to the uh, our biggest event of the weekend, yeah. which was the Maiden Utica Passport release party on Saturday at Woodland Brewery. 
Uh, I was only there for about an hour and a half uh, because I had to go to a communion. Um, but the turnout was excellent. And for anyone who stopped to say hello to me and Aaron Higgins working the booth over there, uh, yeah, we you had guys, a great You time. and Higgins were cranking the booth. A lot of fun. You guys just yeah. stepped up and took over. She did the, the Snapchat, too. Um, for the signal. So You've had a lot of high praise. Everything. I did, yeah. I, I have lots of nice things to say about Erin. She poured with us um, on Thursday. She was a blast. Um, she was great at the party. It just We love when she's around because she is so fun and entertaining. So uh, She put in the work, though, out of the, the squad this week of everybody doing stuff. i got to tell you, Erin's probably done the hardest. Lift uh, a little out of note. All of this. Yeah. I don't know. Big praise she coming in. She stayed behind and poured those beers. All Thursday night. Like, you, you were being you were being a wandering quitter. You were everywhere. <laughs> I had to, I'm gonna tell the listeners a story real quick because this is something that happened on Thursday. Um I was overseeing everything as it goes, watching over the truck, and Justin tried to smuggle in a megaphone oh. to yell out at everybody and thought for one second that I would let him get the megaphone out. There. I didn't bring somebody else was bringing it in for me. It was a covert <laughs> operation and if I had Just my bring hand... a megaphone everywhere. Yeah, I tried. So you would think that after this long weekend, we'd be done with stuff. Yeah. But no, because for me and Kevin, the week starts on Sunday and Monday because we have podcasting stuff to do. It's true. Uh, and last night was a wrestling pay-per-view on yep. Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Monday morning, when we would normally be relaxing, I had to do the interview today with Beth and Mar and Mark Piersma, who were wonderful, but it also got me out of doing physical labor that poor Kevin got sucked into doing this morning. Yeah. Physical labor on a Monday off. I got to tell you, I, uh, so I went and helped my brother pour concrete for his new patio that he put in the backyard, and it came out wonderfully. And it was, I was dreading it more than it actually turned out to be. Like, once you start grabbing the wheelbarrow and just doing it and going yeah. back and forth, it gets done. But that's definitely, I'll tell you what, uh, that's a hard life right there. Yeah. If you want to be like a stonemason, that's some real. I got a question that's for you. I got a question for you because you were slinging all those kegs and having to change stuff. Would you rather do a Saranac Thursday swapping out twenty two kegs at a truck every single day, or do pouring concrete every day? Of course, I'd rather do the Saranac yeah. Thursday. Of course, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, because that's a lot of lifting and moving. That's too, lifting you know empty I mean? kegs, but like uh, walking a wheelbarrow is a whole different ball game. You know, I appreciate no, yeah, the Thursdays. Pull, pull one back in there, though, right? Think about how dope it would be, though, if someone's like, what do you do for a living? You're like, I, I work a mason. I'm a mason. I'm a mason. What's the word? Stone mason. I'm a mason. Stone yeah. mason, yeah, right? Mason. That's the word? Mason. Masonry. That's the word I was thinking of. I'm just doing masonry all day long. That's a man's job. Or I guess a, a masculine job. I can't be talking about. That's really, we had three of my uncles out there uh, doing it. Who My grandfather, when he came to this country, was a mason. He taught yeah. it to all of his sons, so it was like, my three older uncles out there just laughing at like all of us younger guys, like just <laughs> yeah. trying to struggle, like ha ha, you know. Every Italian making fun of us. Every Italian father in Utica does that Sopranos thing where they take their kid to a church. They're like, "Your grandfather built that church. He used this masonry skills." I'm like, "That's not true." There's Ooh, a you're lying. There's a bridge, my, bridge in Little Falls that we cross, and my mom still always points out. You know, your great grandfather worked on that bridge. My uncles, <laughs> yeah, he had a fruit stand on top of the bridge. You worked on top of it. Yeah, yeah. One of my uncles actually told me today because my uncles, all being uh, you know Irish, they told me that the wheelbarrow was actually how the Italians learned how to walk upright. That's true. So I learned that today about your people. Some of us uh, haven't learned yet. Still, we're still working on that. All right. So Parkinson, thanks for coming. No problem. Uh, are you actually going to take a week off now that this is all over with? No, you have I think so what's gets, up with the passport? It's time it gets, to start. Yeah, it gets a little bit crazier. We're going to go through. Actually, we're, we're stuffing envelopes right right when we're done with this and, and getting them out the door. So Now, I need to ask you, uh, because this is something my mom was curious about. Two things. One, uh, you can now get a passport anytime, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can just order them on yeah, the I'm internet. Or... And you, yeah, you could have the entire time. This was just a pickup 
for mm-hmm. you know to come out and try the for beer the initial the release yeah, yeah just to kind of it was kind of our birthday party too because we're about mm-hmm. two years into it so it was more of just uh the passport party itself was just more for us and, yeah. and people coming out mm-hmm. and, and what fun, so. are we doing for people who fill up the whole passport um has there ever been a thing we do guys the only guy who's ever done it yeah, that's him, true. Him, Only him, one person. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, people. Because so. you know what? I think one of the things is one of the strongest things about the passport is the diversity of offers that are in it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many different things from, you know, different places to eat, drink, you do. Like, you can go to all these different things that it's tough to hit the wide yeah. variety of stuff that's on there and finish it, right? Because if it's like, mm-hmm. go get a beer at 26 different bars, go eat a sandwich at 26 different restaurants, <laughs> that's a little easier. But this is like, go to yoga and take a brewery tour yeah, and have a beer yeah, yeah. No and go to brunch. And that go was, get, that was but you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah, always yeah. the thing over the years and we is do, people hitting every one. And we do try to put a couple of things in there that, that if you're a woman and you see the haircut in there, send your son or husband or whatever. If you're a man, yeah, you see the, shop, the, yeah. the headband, send your wife to the top entry or go in there and buy her something. Right. So right. there's a lot of cross things you do. So you got to think outside of the box. Just because you're not a boy or whatever, mm-hmm. still find one who can go get a haircut. If you don't want a woman's head, find somebody and give it to them. Like, it still mm-hmm. works, you know? So Try to cover as wide of a swath as people yeah, are possible. Yeah, buy gifts for people if you can't go yourself. So again, folks, Made in Utica Passport, still available at madeinutica.com. Yep. Also, just real quick to shout it out. You want that stag party ticket for Andy Sullivan's stag party? Slide into Kevin Sullivan's DMs. It's He's true. Got we you. got them. They're going July 8th. Uh, we've got them going for 20 bucks. It's going to be uh, tons of good food, beers, and my brother, who's the best person I know. He's one of the best uh, It's going to be a huge stag party, so everybody should come. The best in the up world for details. at everything he does. Andy Sullivan. Let's take a break. Straight up just doing schoolwork on the podcast now, like a champion. Can you hear it if I just cut? I feel like that's pretty... That's pretty loud, isn't it? That's pretty loud. That's pretty loud. So what are you you doing here? I'm cutting out caterpillars for the very hungry caterpillar. I have to cut out... I've got to make about 200 caterpillars, give or take. You and my mom are basically the same woman. Like, I remember this... My mom just spending hours as a first grade teacher as a kid, just, like, cutting out things for... Students to staple together. I'm gonna with... staple them too. I have a stapler. How much of the kids are actually doing any of this work? Shouldn't the kids be cutting these? What do the kids do with them? Uh, they read the book and then once you, I'll, I'll show you a finished product. I don't have one with me, but I'll show you a finished mm. product and they just uh, do stuff. Aaron, I gotta let you know. Um, before you got here today, yes. Justin Parkinson from Mr. Made in Utica had the nicest things to say about you it's uh, i oh my god like, look, she's frozen here she stopped cutting but justin said something nice about somebody that wasn't justin i know you don't always listen to the podcast after I you do. record them. i do but you should go back and listen to first he had nothing he said that you were the all-star of the maiden utica passport party and it's the true. thursday pouring true. he said wow. he was blown away by your effort so go clap for wow Higgins. thank you justin that's really nice of you yeah wow, um, clap for justin i know well Justin. Well, so, yeah, Justin. Uh, so, guys, I do want to get into some. Uh, there's only a couple stories this week, but uh, you got me thinking, Kev. Uh, we, you know, I did the first segment uh, with Justin and you before, right after I went running. Yes. And I was having a thought about this mm-hmm. while I was in the shower. Running 
is kind of like getting a tattoo, right? So hear me out here. You get when you wake up in the morning and you say, "I'm gonna run today." Now it's on your mind. You're like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm all gassed up. I can't wait for this run. Like, yep. I'm gonna get out of work and I'm gonna do this run and I'm gonna feel real good." And then you get all hyped up for it. You get ready and you go do the run. And then about an hour into the run, you go, "God, this was the stupidest idea. This hurts and it sucks." Why did I decide to do an this? An hour in? Like, this was my decision. Or whatever, you know what I mean? I guess for a tattoo, it would be an hour in. But for oh, running, it's like... 15 seconds. 35 seconds in. And you say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly I'm not running for an hour without any pain. Say, uh, what kind of superhero are you? But then, once you're done with it, you feel real good about yourself. You're like, yeah, well, that was crummy, but I, I got something out of it. Uh, whether it's a minimal health increase or a dumb dinosaur on your arm. Either way. Uh, but yeah, so that's my running... And also tattoo uh, comparison. comparison. It's pretty good, right? It's not. It's on point. I'm a bad runner, like a real bad runner. I uh, I don't like it. It hurts my knees. Mm. So I probably would not run. That's all. Hot take. Not running. Well, there's some, when you're. When, <laughs> I really had nothing to add to that. I'm sorry. Whenever you're running with people, like I was just running with Kate Riley, and yeah. we had this conversation. You always have these conversations when you're running. You're like, I don't even know why we do this. This is stupid. It's not even good for you. Because in theory, like, it's good for your cardiovascular, but everything else it's terrible for, like, your hips and knees and joints. So uh, you always just say terrible things about it. But, guys, I want to share something with you. Uh, Kevin, you'll appreciate this maybe a little bit more than Aaron will. Probably. uh, Just because he sees me all the time. I think I'm going to have to quit drinking soda as of, like, tonight. You always say that. No, but it's got to happen. Plenty. Like a can of soda a day. What kind of soda, though? Coca-Cola, Dr. Pepper, one or the other. Like regular? Hell yeah. It's bad for me, I know, but I like what I like. I like the things I like, guys. I'm not I'm not Do you too... think that you think the soda is what's stopping you from winning the Boilermaker this year? It's certainly not helping. Uh, <laughs> look, man, it's just very simple. Like, if I quit drinking soda, like tomorrow and I quit for a month, I'll lose like three pounds. Do you know what I mean? Sure. I'll feel a little bit better. I'll be miserable because there's nothing that makes me happier late at night than a delicious ice-cold Coca-Cola while I'm watching my shows, my television programs. You're like um, an 85-year-old woman. <laughs> I am a little bit like an 85-year-old woman. You're just going to have your Coca-Cola and watch your programs. I like a Coca-Cola and my programs. Yeah, get, I'm thinking... You get it out of your pocket. So I'm thinking after this show tonight, uh, I'm going to go get a very large Coca-Cola from the McDonald's, and then that's it. No more. I'm gonna call it quits. I'm gonna go out and the largest. Be like, put that in a bucket. Do you have go to K- go to KFC? Have them get one of their large buckets and fill it with cola for you. I made the mistake of getting a large soda from a fast food restaurant a couple weeks ago, and it was more soda than I could ever drink. It was the most soda, which is ridiculous if you think about it. It's crazy how much soda. They That's nuts. And people actually drink those multiple times a day. Yes. Which I think is a shame. I stand behind the fact that I think regular soda is probably not as bad for you as diet soda because I feel like something about the artificial sweetener just doesn't seem... It just seems... They discuss that... I'm sorry. They discuss that in Diet Cokes there's there's the same uh, stuff that you use to embalm bodies. Mm. Yeah. So that's got to be bad for you. Yeah, that's, that's no good. I only drink soda pop when I've had, like, a really stressful day and I need, like, a Diet Coke in the afternoon. That's it. Um, so, if no more soda for you, it looks like the summer of seltzer, probably. This is the summer of seltzer. Well, aren't you glad that I am here today? Yeah. With this. Yeah, so... Experiment in our second segment. Yeah, so for second segment, you want to tell them now or you just want to surprise them? We're going to do... Tell them. Yeah, we're going to do all the new summer flavors of the Poland. four. Is it four flavors? Four. I'm the excited. Polar seltzer. We're going to taste test them, blind taste test them. 
and uh, you guys are going to guess which ones are which, and then we're going to give a review. You're just yes. coming in hot with experiments. I, I'm Experimental Aaron. All right, well, let's say. <laughs> That's what they called me in college. Hey-o. All right, so let's get into uh, two stories I want to talk about with you guys today. Uh, one of them regards brunch. What are your thoughts on brunch, guys? Hot takes on brunch? I mean, I like breakfast food, but like it's overrated to make it the focal point of your week, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you can get me to go out to breakfast at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning if that's what you're asking. That's sure. fine. Sure. Yeah, I kind of agree with Kevin on that. I like I like breakfast foods. They're my favorite of the food groups. But like I said, I think it's just... I can eat them... Brunch culture is a bit much. Yeah. Brun- yeah okay. Br- I think it's brunch well, culture that does me in. Uh, I saw a lot of that in Brooklyn. Uh, a lot oh, of brunch yeah. culture. It's very heavy. It's you people's fault. Um, it is true. It's our fault. Uh, but as someone who worked in a restaurant for a long time, especially a restaurant that was open to serve lunch, uh, we ran into dealing with what's called the alcohol beverage control law. Are you familiar with this law? Yes. Uh, before noon, you can't have booze, right? Not on drink, Sundays. On Sundays only. You cannot drink alcohol before noon. It's not permitted. So as a guy who worked in a restaurant, I would have this scenario a lot of time. At like 11 a.m. People come in at 11 to get lunch and they want a Bloody Mary or they want a beer or even a glass of whiskey because they're adults and they can do what they want. And you can't serve it to them. You can't even log it into your computer until noon. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's been a lot of pushback from local businesses uh, saying, calling this an antiquated law. Uh, that's actually Frank Pezzolanello. That's a quote from him on this uh, guy behind Ocean Blue on Ocean Blue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on them getting rid of this uh, and allowing them to serve alcohol after 8 a.m. on it's Sundays? A, I think it's a common sense step. It is an antiquated law. I don't think people drinking between 8 a.m. and 12 a.m. Like, I understand why the law was put into place back when times were different, I guess. But I don't think it really matters if somebody wants to be able to order a drink at a restaurant if they're out for brunch. I mean, the way I see it, if, you know, BP can pour 100,000 gallons of oil into the Gulf, I should be able to pour a little bit of champagne into my orange juice. The law goes one way, it should go both ways. Drink it brunch. I feel like for for a place around here, it's you can't even really have a brunch place if you're not going to be able to serve some kind of alcohol before noon. Like, how do you, like, a big part of going to brunch is The whole is point having, of going to brunch yeah. is mimosas. Uh, this is about specifically mimosas. Champagne and orange juice. Yeah. Mm. Or Jameson, if you're really trying to make a day out of it. Jameson and orange juice. Underrated. Or, you know what's overrated, though? Uh, malt liquor and orange juice, a.k.a. a brass monkey. Overrated. Oh, way overrated. <laughs> um, I've been to many, like, a bridal shower or a baby shower mm. that starts at uh, 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, and they have to, everyone sort of just waits around until it's booze time. Mm. And that's, I, you know, it's it's ridiculous. I think they should just... There's no it. reason for the law. No reason Yeah, it's for the just law. a weird, it's, it, it doesn't make any sense. And you can, again, for a place like Nail Creek, which is going to go out and serve, you know, lunch for people gotta be kind of a pain you know what i mean it's just like a hassle they do a huge brunch and i've never i've never once at any of my years working in a restaurant ever had a customer be like hey thank god no one's drinking in this restaurant right now there's no reason you know I mean? that adults shouldn't be able to drink whatever they want like just because it's sunday what is sunday what does that even mean is i, I a know just thing like we're past that at this well point. i believe it was initially right like that's where this all comes from it has to right initially, that's the right? only logical like, reason i can yeah. think of yeah well uh, so the session for this year to change the legislation uh, ends on June 16th. So if you hear any changes about this before June 16th, I'll let you know. But I think it's about time. We could probably get rid of this rule in New York State. It seems kind of pointless. Uh, I have another legislation that I want to talk to you guys about, and it's not about booze. Brisk show today. Very legislation. brisk. Well, this is a good one. I'm going to lay on the rug in a minute. Are you a cat person, Higgins? I had a cat. 
Like, I wouldn't deem myself. I've had more dogs than cats. Cats have their merit, though. You know, I like them. They're good to talk with. Kevin, cats? Opinion? I think cats on a cat by cat basis. Yeah, uh, I think that's what it comes down cats, to. I've met great cats. I've met some awful cats. Yeah. This is a this is a story that I can't believe was in the news today. Oh, the decline. Yeah, have you read about this? I yeah. did see that. So there's legislation. I'm sorry, I just totally ruined your moment. No, it's okay. It's le- it's not a huge reveal. There's legislation in place <laughs> to ban the declawing of cats Hell in yeah. the entire state. Yeah. Stopping them from being declawed. You have hot takes on this. It sounds like no hot takes. That's just that's common sense. Don't declaw your cats. That's not the right thing to do. The only reason somebody would declaw their cat is because they're lazy and don't want to take care of the animal to the caliber that it needs to be taken care of. A well taken care of cat should not have to be declawed. It won't claw up your stuff if you take care of it. You're unnaturally altering one of the fundamental tools that these animals have evolved Mm. to exist with. I mean, that's like saying, oh, you know, the humans' opposable thumbs make them bad pets, so we're going to cut off their thumbs. It's not the exact same thing, but do you know what I mean? Oh, I know. Completely. There's no reason cats shouldn't yeah. have claws. And also, if your cat gets out, like the maiden Utica house cats do, they can't defend themselves out there in the, the wild. They need yeah. those claws to survive. There's no reason to take it away other than pure laziness and wanting to take the shortcut and easy way out. Ban it. Well, the article I read, do you have a take on this? I'm, I actually, I can't say anything that Kevin ha- hasn't already said mm. and said really eloquently, so. Well, it's really, it, that was the, sort of the point of the article is like the idea was that veteran, oh, yeah, it's high five and I love it. Yeah. Uh, the article basically implied that veteran uh, veterinarians are kind of split on the issue whether or not to declaw it, but I didn't see any reason for declawing it. I had a cat growing up who was declawed in the front. Yeah, well, uh, that's only where they do it. Do they do it in the back? I don't. No. I don't. I don't, I don't think they do it on the back. That'd be no. cruel and unusual. I feel like, to a certain extent. Uh, but I remember my cat as a kid, so I didn't. I didn't ever think of cats having claws in the front because, like, as yeah, a little kid, course. right? Uh, but as I got older, <laughs> probably learned that lesson the hard way. I did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but what I did learn is that what happened is when I was a, when I got a little older, I watched my cat at my house kill a mouse, but she had no uh. front claws, so she just had to like punch the mouse a bunch of times, like just punched him to death it was pretty bad and it makes you wonder like and that sort of ties in what kevin's talking about you've fundamentally changed the natural behavior of an animal by taking away and it's a selfish something for your selfish convenience yeah it's, selfish. Yeah. it's really selfish um so i kind of see i kind of see the, where they're getting at here uh but the i guess the argument is it's like it's uh to a to a much much less serious extent it's like the abortion debate it's like well it's my cat i can choose Whoa. what i want with There's it there's a right? left turn it's true though right like well no the, that's not true because um, cats and animals are not deemed, they're deemed as property. Oh, okay. In, really? Under the law. They're deemed as your property. Yeah. They're not deemed as like an animal. Animal rights, they're still under your property. So if you decide you want to declaw your cat, guess what? Well, it's, it's your property. You can do with what you want. It's the same thing like people, you know, uh, clipping ears and docking tails on or like larger breed like dogs and stuff and like that. taking birds and clipping birds and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Goes all the way down. But what you just said about ears and tails on dogs that's really vicious. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that kind of stuff, that's just, that's aesthetic, and that's mean. Mm. I, uh, hot take, I don't like birds, so do whatever you want I with hate them. Birds. birds are the worst. I'm sorry. If you have a bird out there and it does something cool, great. Write us a letter in the Uticast mailbag about why your bird is great and why having a bird is great, because I would like somebody to change my mind about birds. You know birds. what? I ha- when I was little, somebody gave me a bird as a pet, which was just a, I mean, when I was, I was little, little, I had to be like six, and it just pooped all over the place. And my parents were like, and... You have to see. assume they were, like, mad at your parents. Oh, they had to be really <laughs> mad at my parents to give us a bird. I know we haven't talked about this at all. I just thought of it. What's the most underrated pet and what's the most overrated pet? I know this is a tough one to just throw at you guys with no prerequisites. No, that's fine. I'm, like, I can think on my feet. Fish tank, 
Underrated. I have a fish tank. I have a fish tank. Nice. Fish tank is an underrated pet system to have in the house. Overrated pet system to have in the house. I'll give you one. I got one right off the top of my head. Nail it. Turtle. Turtle is an overrated pet. You know why? No one talks about this. Turtles smell. They smell repulsive. Mm-hmm. There's no way to get that stink off that turtle. That's what it thing smells like. I still think the meanest thing I've ever said to anybody is when I told somebody it looked like they smell like a turtle tank one time. I almost felt bad because you know what a turtle tank smells like. It's It's the worst. It's Um, a very specific smell. You know all those little animals that live in like wood chips? Like those sort of animals? The ones that live in like wood shapes? Hamsters, hamsters, gerbils, gerbils, mice. They're all pretty overrated. That's fair. Even, um, you know, I had a a friend who... Oh, wicked overrated. Oh, man, when I was a kid, my dad used to bring rabbits home and he'd leave them in like a cage in the garage and he'd say, look, we got a pet rabbit. And then like... Four or five days later, he'd be like, oh, it ran away, but dinner's ready. And I was a little kid, and Italian didn't know any better, but years later, that's what I found out. So that's all I ever wow. think of. When that happened a lot. We would hunt. That's crazy, man. You know what I would like as a pet? Like a duck. A duck? I think it'd be cool. Can to a have, or duck, a squirrel. The, the problem with a duck or a squirrel is I feel like a duck and a squirrel inherently have no interest in in... Like being domesticated with a human, like I don't know if there's like my love con- between. Yeah, it. well, my only concern with those things is that they have <coughs> no bathrooming skills. What I mean is like I used to. I had a buddy of mine, uh, my buddy Vin, and Vin used to have an iguana in oh, his house. No, and it was cool, but like that iguana just lives in your house. It doesn't think of you as anything else. It's like I it probably hates you because you've taken it out of the jungle and put it in a house, right? Like. That, that pet has no love for you the way that a cat oh, or a dog. Overrated pets, snakes. Oh, snakes oh, similar like some oh, six foot snake oh, living snake. in a glass box. Yeah. And if they, look, if its you only have, goal in life is to escape, and when it escapes, it's gonna be mad. And guess who? It's mad at me, the imprisoner. No, thank you. It's <laughs> a fair. Have point. you seen how many of those shows that talk about pet snakes eating their people or or biting their people to death? Like. You see those things. That happens. My sister's delinquent boyfriend, when she was in high school, had a snake. I think as every a pet. delinquent boyfriend has to have a snake. And he had to put it down because it bit him. Like, that's a real thing that happens when I'm you have you, yeah. snakes, man. Uh, look, if any of the listeners out there have some weird, uh, like, snake friendship that I'm not aware of and you were like the snake whisperer, come on and give us a. To give us Please. A, come talk to us about reptiles as pets. I feel like reptiles as pets are. Massively. Yeah, if anybody, if anybody wants to bring their reptile to the Uticast studios, and Don't. we'll go live on video from Uticast.com with you and your reptile pet, we've explained this why it's a good thing. And I will walk. And I out say that because I'm likely to, I'm likely to be at work. So Sam will talk to the reptiles. Good, because I'm not doing it. I will name it Yoshi. It will be my friend. There you go. I think. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing that was? Oh crap! What was I gonna say? All those animals shed too, like all that skin. Oh the, yeah. Oh, or snakes. You've like, got to feed them like live mice. Oh yeah. I don't have time for that. That gross. That gives me like anxiety toward like. Uh, 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 I can't. Somebody had a snapping turtle last week. They showed me, and that's a mean looking animal. Snapping, snapping turtle will take off your finger. Yeah, snapping turtle. Oh, you know no what joke. happens all the time is people like in in Florida. It happens in Florida, of course. But a lot of reptiles in Florida. And that's why people. I get read these, they found saltwater crocodiles in Florida just recently. Yes. This is what I'm saying. They keep people keep getting these pets, and then when they get too big, like the snakes, they get too big, so they release them into the Everglades. They're like, yeah, we're gonna put them in the Everglades. So they're finding these breeds of snakes and iguanas and 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 even like crocodiles and all this crap you're not supposed to have in the wild in Florida because people are too irresponsible to realize, oh, this snake's gonna get really big and I'm gonna have to deal with it. So they just put it on the side of the road and the sucker goes and eats a Who knows? What's it's the equivalent awful. of declawing your alligator? It's like, oh, I, went, I took my gator in to get him detoothed. Not so now he's just a, an alligator. Not, yeah. yeah. Clarissa explains it all. Had an alligator. So when I was little, I thought that was kind of cool. But looking back at it, well, they used horrible to, idea. They used to just sell them 
like at every pet store you could just go buy alligators in the 70s and like the is that a thing yeah my dad talks about it. like in the day people wow. didn't think about it you could just go to the pet store they sold little tiny not alligators no but they were like but, little uh, to be fair though but they're caimans they're like they're they're still gonna get big enough where you're not gonna want that thing in your house. And then what do you do with it? And you that's... flush it down the toilet. You empty it... out an above ground pool and you turn it into a gator pit. That's the move. And then you push people into it that you don't like. Yes. You're not supposed to say that part on the show. Okay. That's you okay, don't okay. push people into it that you don't like. Uh, good talk about pets. That was well, good. You know what? Because you could really go on and talk about how horrific it is that people are doing these things to these animals. Honestly. People take animals for granted. Animal, you buy an animal as a prerequisite to get a kid, and then you have a kid and you forget about the animal. That happens to like every parent I've ever that's seen. Awful. That's horrible. It's true, man. All right, so let's move on to this week's interview. Uh, this was um, all right. Let's let's prerequisite here. Bethan and Mark, uh, representing the Adirondack Scenic Railroad, have both been on the show before. <laughs> they are both. Uh, that's my train whistle noise. That was good. That was, that was very good. I Thank it. you. All aboard. Um, they both. They're both excellent. Excellent conversationalists. Uh, I reached out to Mark earlier this week uh, because they've been doing a lot of coverage about the Rally for the Rails, which is coming up on June 3rd at the Utica State Office Building from 4:30 from 4 to 5:30. Uh, if you are available, you should go. It's going to be a big deal. Um, they've been doing a ton of press. So when I reached out to Mark about this, Mark said, "Sure, I'll be happy to come. Can I bring Bethan with me?" So we we'll brought, never say no to Bethan. Never say no to her. So we brought them both on. Uh, and we had a really nice conversation. Uh, I'm sure that you guys have heard a lot of them, uh, a lot, a lot of them over the last couple of weeks talking about this on various platforms. But uh, you know, ours is the best. Ours is certainly the best because I presented them with an award. First number off, one for being number um, two. Yeah, I presented them with an award. You're number one and being number two. Yeah, uh, and we had a nice little conversation. We had a good time. Uh, you know, it's very clear that Bethan and Mark like uh, like what we're doing, and we support what they're doing, and we had a nice conversation. So uh, let's hear it, Bethan and Mark from the Adirondack Scenic Railroad. <laughs> Twenty-four minutes in, that's good. Welcome, guys. Thanks. Welcome back to the show. Yeah. Uh, listen, before we get started here, I just want to let everyone know we're here with the executive director of the Adirondack Scenic Railroad, Beth and Mar, and the director of marketing and public relations, Mark Piersma. Uh, good. Listen, points already for getting her name right. Yeah, no. I can't great. tell you how many media interviews we've done in the last thirty-five. What, thirty-five in the last week, and more than half of them uh, either call her Beth Ann or Beth. Or just something ridiculous. Hey, you? Yeah. Hey, yeah. you over there. So congratulations, Sam, right off the bat. Well, uh... All right. It's good going well so far. Uh, well, I have to say, it's 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 important for me to remind you guys that you guys have been on the show before. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of how I know. I had a lot of questions Saturday when you weren't, you weren't there at the passport party here. when I was there. But I asked everyone but you if we got awards yeah. for being on the show. Because not only have we both been on the show twice... But we've been now like we're together that's and true. We're, that's uh, so, oh goodness so, so, <laughs> so much uh, yeah so let me let me let me back up here for just a moment for the yeah. last couple of weeks we've had a couple of people who've been on the show twice now uh, Tim Tram 
uh, Phil Farda, uh, <laughs> Justin Parkinson is on all the time. He gets it's nothing. an elite group right elite there. Group. <laughs> I gotta tell you. Uh, listen, Tim's one of my guys, and Phil uh, Phil was filling in for Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who bailed out on us. It's a true story. Uh, well, it's because that McMuffin he got up in North yeah. Utica, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so mad. He said, I'm done with this. I'm not coming to your dumb house. <laughs> Oh, well, you guys were supposed to have Hacksaw here? He, no, no, he, no, no. I was going to say, why did he come to somebody's house? That's weird. <laughs> we were supposed to do, hey, supposed to do a phone interview, and then I called him. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we called I mean, him. It's, that's pretty well, good, at least. the weird part is I have his phone number still. I don't want to call him again, yeah. Like, but I have it now. Yeah. It's like a journalistic integrity that I can't use it ever again, but it's there. Yeah. God Just forbid something happened. Uh, but yeah, I called him at 8.30, and he said... Hey, brother, uh, I'm at dinner with my family. Can I call you back in about an hour? I said, sure, Mr. Duggan. Mr. Duggan. Mr. Duggan. I said, that's fine, totally. Uh, and then I called him back at 930 and no answer. Oh. Yeah. No yeah. Then well. Phil happened to be here. So I think maybe he might Convenient up. timing, uh, Phil Farrow. So what you're saying is we were actually invited back. You were invited yeah, back. Yeah, all right, good. That's good. Uh, Even but, morally. Uh, after the passport party, I had to leave to go to a communion, uh, which is why for those people who saw me there, I had a great outfit, which was the shirt. With the tie, suit and tie, or no. shirt and tie, yeah. but a t-shirt the over t-shirt. the top of it. Nice. Like That's in, awesome. Like an 80s uh, Wall Street guy <laughs> trying to look like I'm in. Like, yeah. Did you do like a mullet wig too? That would have been, uh, nice. been something. Yeah. Uh, but no, but I heard that you guys were requesting an award of some sort for being members of the ill-named two-time. Let's just club. say, let's just, let's just clear, clarify that she was requesting it, <laughs> not was, me. I was very vocal so, about my uh, request. I found, I found an award. It's it's very nice. Yes. Uh, so for those of you who are looking at it, um, it's a cross-eyed tiger. And, uh, I've always says, wanted a cross-eyed tiger. It says two timers. Wait, Mark and Bethan. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to put that next to my other two-timer award. <laughs> <No, no, no. laughs> Uticast. Thank so you. Congratulations. Just does this go on? Like, I'll, 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 uh, We're gonna have to put it on Vienna's desk. Please, so my assistant has her desk. The poor, poor woman has a desk between Mark and and my office, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she just good. hears us shout across the boardroom yeah. to each other all day. So we're gonna we're gonna put it like right on the board yeah, table. Yeah, that's good. I like that. That's Why? nice. That's classy. <laughs> While I have both you guys here, I guess I have to ask. Uh, you know. You did kind of hire Mark and not even look at my resume or call me back at all when I applied for this job. Did you apply? I did. I'm just throwing it out. <laughs> That's another one then, right? I wanted to throw it's, that out there and, uh, you know. It oh seems no. like every time oh we no. go somewhere, oh, yeah, they applied for your job, they no, applied for um, your job. And... I chocolate. You know what, though? Honestly, uh, I, I applied for a bunch of jobs uh, around the same time in, like. It's rough. In, like, Utica establishments yeah. that I, like, supported the yeah. places yeah. that I cared about, like, uh, like the railroad and the Utica Zoo and the brewery and all these places. I, I applied for all those yeah, A lot jobs. of those jobs. Yeah, you know, and, you know, but, and I'm, I'm really happy that I did land at the Adirondack Railroad because, you know, it's, right? it's, oh, it's yeah. interesting to go from, from media, from being the reporters and from being the people that cover stuff uh, into actually being behind the scenes. I, you can't just, I, I don't know, if maybe it's just me, that, but I don't think I could go somewhere where I... Even though they're paying me, I you know to get behind them. Mm. This is something that I've always really been passionate for the railroad. Uh, it's the second largest tourist attraction in Oneida County, behind the Turning Stone Casino, mm. and not a lot of people know that. So I'm wicked pumped to be a part of this dysfunctional uh, office that we call the Adirondack Scenic Railroad. And I'd like to think I bring some sanity to the place oh, as good. much as that oh, pains me to say. But so there's a ringing endorsement. Yeah, that's a great. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a great place Support to work. The railroad. We got a really Mark nice office. <laughs> a lot well, of windows. I'm very torn because uh, I love having you guys on the show because you always have so much fun. But um, I've been reading up a lot about this since any of you guys are coming on, and this is 
a pretty serious issue here, and I don't want to downplay how yeah. serious this issue is as much as we'd like to have fun, and you're pointing my cross-eyed tiger statue <laughs> that I gave you back at me. Um, but let me let me get a little background here. So this uh, this issue actually goes back, you mentioned about three years is about how far back we're going here, yet we're seeing a lot of coverage now, yeah. it seems like, about this. And this is in reference to um, Governor Cuomo coming out in support of uh, ripping up 34 miles of track uh, from Utica to Lake Placid to put a multi-use trail in instead. I think I got most of that. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, you got the meat and potatoes of yeah. it. Um, I'm sure you so. guys have talked about this a lot. <laughs> I know that this has been a yeah. big topic of discussion everywhere. Uh, but for our listeners, if you don't mind, just one more time going through the... Sure. Yeah, we'll let uh, Bethany do the, the, the brief recap. The heavy recap yeah, the uh, heavy Again, well, she's gotten so good at it uh, the last couple days. No, so. So, so basically what's happened is we've been in this three- or four-year debate as to what the best future use of the Remsen to Lake Placid Travel Corridor is, which is owned by the state of New York. Um, we lease it from the state in the spring, summer, and fall months. The New York State Snowmobile Association leases the corridor in the winter months. And there's been a sort of steadily, I guess, vocal movement, um, particularly up north in the Tri-Lakes High Peaks region, um, of folks that would rather see the rail line ripped up in a recreational trail for hiking, biking, that sort of thing, yeah. uh, built. And the New York State DEC, um, the DOT, and Governor Cuomo put their stamp of approval on this last week. And I think it really, um, you know, as much as this debate has been going on, I think it's been a shock to people that it seems like such a common sense issue, particularly in Utica, where I think people see the benefit and the growth of the railroad because right. we've had the most opportunity to grow down here. Mm. Um, so I think it's come as a, as a shock. And, it, yeah, it's been getting a lot of airplay. Um so, uh, I don't want to misquote you on this. There was a really nice article at the opinion piece in the OD that you yeah. guys posted from, uh, you reposted on your yeah. Uh, yeah. Facebook, Mark. Uh, and the quote was, you felt like the decision process uh, was not uh, was not conducted fully above board. You felt like there was a little bit of overreach interference on this. Uh, you, you know, and listen, this is my, this has been going on for three to four years. I remember when the first the story first came out, um, and it was me and Frank were on the air at the time. And we had a lot of questions, and we weren't getting any answers from the other mm-hmm. side. Uh, then fast forward, now I'm in this position, and to see the things that have been happening over the three to four year uh, period, it really leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Mm. Just because you look at the facts that are provided, and more importantly, the facts that aren't provided, it just doesn't seem like this process was fully thought through on the governor's level. And well, it, 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 it's just, we, we, we provided an alternative uh, trail and rail study uh, to have tracks alongside the rails, and that wasn't even looked at. Yeah, you know, there's significant conflicts of interest, too, yeah. in mm-hmm. the economic impact statements that were done. Um, the Camoyne Associates, the group that was paid to do the economic impact study, had previously been paid to do pretty much the same exact study for our opposition for the the trail group, you know. So that just, you know, that that's a huge conflict of interest, and there are errors in that. You know, they're comparing pretty much all snow snowmobile re- registrations in the state of New York to out of state visitors mm-hmm. for the railroad. Right. Um. So you're comparing apples and oranges there to start with, you know. In I think to make to make these numbers make sense for the the economic impact of the trail in the winter months, um, you know the snow snowmobilers already have use of the corridor. No one denies they would have you know three or four weeks of extra use of the corridor while the snow is covering the rails. 
Um, but to make their projections make sense, I think it's one in every three snowmobilers in New York State would have to use this trail to, yeah. to elicit the kind of money that they're looking at. And it, it's just, it's a bit insane. Un- unrealistic, I would say. Yeah. Their projections yeah. are, are unrealistic. I think, you, I think it was you, I believe, who was quoted saying it. There's only one railroad. There's, yeah. there's lots of trails, yeah. but there's I mean, only one. There's one railroad that runs through the heart of the Adirondack Park. There's, you know, the Saratoga-North Creek Railroad runs on the mm-hmm. um, southeast portion of the park. But this is the only potential mass transit through the park, aside from, you know, Route 28, Route 30. Like, I, I keep saying there's one road in right. to Lake yeah. Placid, one road out. Um, and this railroad could significantly impact the way, um, you know, transportation and, and people get from one area of the state to the other. And some of the opposition has, has been out there saying, well, who would want to take a, a, a train for five hours? And, you know, the more I thought about this weekend, I'm like, I don't know, anybody from New York City that comes up here That's or anybody across the country it would do this. Because, like Beth has said, it's, it's, a, it's one road in, one road out. And Lake Placid, thankfully, just got uh, rewarded, or uh, you know, the luge certification or whatever they want to call it, designation yeah. for the country. Mm-hmm. And, and you want to talk about growing tourism and opportunities for Lake Placid? We're literally dumping money off at their doorsteps if we ran all the way up there. People are longing for and clamoring for, especially younger guys, you know, like our age that are coming into the Mohawk Valley for Nano and whatnot. They like the urban settings, but they want to get out and do outdoorsy recreational activities so you think about taking a day trip up to lake placid you're not going to have to drive you don't have to worry about yeah. somebody driving you sit back you enjoy the, the the train you enjoy the the wall of trees if you would uh that are part of the scenic railroad it, it's really a no-brainer you could go up there for a weekend you could go up for the day and not have to worry about packing the kids in the car and headed up up for a five-hour drive it's stuck in a car well, that's always that's one of the common uh like benefits people always say of living in this region yeah like, okay you got a city here there's a lot of things right. to do absolutely there's larger cities you can get to in close region there's also you know beautiful nature mm-hmm. and, and whatever i don't know there's yeah. a larger atmosphere yeah. environment what do you want to well, <laughs> well, this this railroad was actually built about six months before the adirondack park had this forever wild designation yeah. so it right. goes through areas of the park that you it's literally the only thing in the forever wild area of the yeah. park which is probably obviously a reason some people mm-hmm. would like it gone mm-hmm. um but it provides access and opportunity to a lot of people that might not be able to yep. hike back mm-hmm. there that couldn't reach those portions of the park so that they can see what you know such a large portion of new york state looks like yeah. and, and you know and for the limited access for the plan that they have to, you know, pretty much destroy one of the most historic parts of New York State's history, they're going to have to even out that grade at some point. And a lot of this is steep along the tracks. So the how bikes. are you going to get the materials in? How are you going to dispose of it? What kind of material is going to use? All of these things that should have been answered before this decision has been made is up in the air. And we can't get any answers when questioning the DEC on, on some of these uh, questions on the logistics of this. And the cost yeah. is going to be astronomical they're to the projecting, taxpayers. They're projecting $8 million cost to build the trail between Tupper Lake and Lake yeah. Placid, um, which includes federal payback money, but they still haven't uh, gone ahead and decided what type of surfacing the trail right. is going to be used and, on. If you believe that $8 million figure, i got a, a bridge on Barnes I have to sell you, quite honestly, because <laughs> you, you, we know yeah. government budgets and how they get bloated, and nothing's ever this, on time. A lot of the... the the legislature stuff, the, the governmental stuff of this is is very taxing to go through. Like I read yeah. some of this oh, stuff. Oh, it's, it's yeah. Just like, <laughs> so much in it. I don't see from my end, from the, the outsider, like mm-hmm. average Joe, if you will, 
I don't see the benefit just looking at the case of taking the rails up to build a trail because I can't yeah. possibly see the the numerical value of what adding a trail to what was once a railroad is like from just from my perspective. Um, but what I do sense from the way you guys are talking about it is I can see it in the two of you. There's like a lot of frustration, and I feel like you're there's there's definitely a frustration of like. It well, seems like you're having this decision. We all know how age. fired up I get very I easily about things. <laughs> Beth is a little more even keel than I am, but yeah, um, I mean it is. It frustrating. had to be. This yeah. has been. It's been four years um, mm. of this of this back and forth debate. There have been a lot of statistics and you know quote unquote facts thrown out yeah. on both sides. Um, you know the the game seems to change. You know mm. the governor said that it was going to be up to the regional economic development councils. Both regional economic development councils ruled in favor of the railroad. Yeah. So it's just it's been this back and forth yeah. flip flop. Um, we don't really it's we've been trying to fight this moving target, not knowing which yeah. direction we're aiming in. Mm. And yeah, it's been very frustrating because you know you're running a nonprofit organization. Mm. Um, so we're trying to run a successful mm. tourist right. attraction, a railroad. Um, is not an in, insignificant thing to be administrating. <laughs> right. And on the, you know, on the other hand, you've got this huge political battle, you've got a legal battle, um, and you've got a PR battle. And trying to do that all at once, you know, is a nonprofit organization with, you know, yeah. the majority of our workers are volunteers. It's, it's challenging. I mean, we don't have a lobby, lobbyist group, or we don't have any of that stuff that could really get into elected officials' ears. With that being said... Uh, local officials, tremendously supportive. Um, there's actually somebody, uh, from that same article you guys posted on here, uh, there's a quote from the Adirondack Railroad Preservation Society's Gene Falvo, who was, um, his idea was he wanted to refurbish the main line and then create a parallel trail. Is this something you guys have thought, is this that, something yeah. been presented? And has um, this been like... It's been presented, it's been mapped out, trailswithrails.org um, mm-hmm. actually shows the whole plan. The engineering's been done to the tenth of the mile. Um, mm-hmm. In some places it's a parallel trail, in some places it weaves in and out of the corridor. Um, you know, the DC uh, dismissed it pretty quickly in their Alternative 7, um, and basically said, you know, it, it wasn't what the debate it was about. It, people want a parallel trail. This this isn't that. So they didn't really look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Which, and that's what kind of what I kind of noticed is, like, it seems like you guys are sort of getting, like, the decision taken away from you to a certain extent. Like, as much as you yeah. – that's, and that's – I can just kind of see it. It makes me yeah. sad. Well, yeah, <laughs> it, it, well it, you know, now it's in the, in the, in the court's hands. Yeah. Um, so – Hopefully the politics have been taken out of it, and uh, moving forward we could get the judge to you look know, at it, you know, fair and impartially. Not to say that it's not important to make sure that you know everyone on a local level yeah. is behind this and supporting it, and you know, aware of what New York State is doing and mm-hmm. has done, and what the process behind this whole situation has been. So you know, it, it's it's a big, it, it certainly is a big issue, and especially for you know. To talk about it in a concise manner with a reporter, it's it's it can be frustrating, but I think well, the message is of, getting out. It's a lot of angles. I think no, yeah. it, it definitely is. Yeah. It's certainly you know we talked about it very briefly. Yeah. Being this, you're going back four years on this, but all of a sudden in the last yeah. like four months, it seems like now this is really brought up everywhere. I'm seeing it pretty much everywhere I look now. It was not hard for me to look on the <laughs> yeah. internet yeah. to yeah. find a lot of information to dig through on this. Um, so let's actually get into the rally itself. Uh, when I came home from my yep. communion, 
I found a sign. <laughs> in the front of my lawn. Did we cement it um, in yet? Or what? Yeah, 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 you ain't taking it up. It's weird. I took it out, and then I came back in the morning, and it was back again. <laughs> I don't want to see we're watching uh, you guys. Right no, but if, uh, no, I like it. I'm glad, you, I'm glad it's out there. And uh, if you all want a sign, you can also call the yeah. phone number, 315-724-0700, and get yourself Yep, or stop, well. stop in our office anytime, 9 to 5. We're just above the Bag Square um, Cafe on the second yep. floor. And we're really looking for a big turnout. Uh, it's yeah. June. It's June third, four to five thirty at the state office building on Genesee Street. We're gonna have music. We're gonna have a lot of some speakers, um, and we just want to get the word out that this isn't this issue is far from over from us. We're not you mm-hmm. know stopping the fight by no means because this is something that is vital to uh, growth here in Oneida County, but also up up north Lake Placid Way too. Yeah, yeah, I think, so, and I just want to, this was the other thing I was reading, I just want to make sure this is correct. So, if this, if this went the other way, right, sure. and the rails get taken up, it would stop in Tupper Lake, Tupper is that Lake. the idea? Yep. Uh, I like Tupper Lake, don't be wrong. I've been spent many times there, sure. I've played lots of shows yeah. there. Uh, but there was a quote in there that I, I think makes sense, Tupper Lake is not an international destination the way that a former Olympic... Yeah, and what we, what we keep saying <laughs> yeah. is, yeah. you know, I'm going to go down... And hang out on a on a Manhattan street. I'm gonna have one guy selling tickets to Tupper Lake, one guy selling tickets to Lake Placid. Let's see who does better. Right. That's a no brainer. No one's yeah. gonna place bets on that. Um, and I just uh, this is just something I I was curious about uh, with the rally coming up. Uh, I'm just curious, and I'm, and I'm I, I, don't take this the wrong way. Sure, don't worry, I, I won't. What's best case scenario post rally? Like what what's What's the best case scenario for this to go the way that those who support the railroad sure. want it to go? Uh, continued media attention, continued mm. pressure on the governor's office sure. and on the DEC, and I think continued investigation into how this whole process of, has been done. Mm. Ultimately, it's going to be played out in the court system in Franklin yeah. County. Um, so we'll see what comes of that. Even if we you know, have a favorable outcome there, it, it doesn't mean that the fight is over because right. we still mm. need to see this rail line restored. Okay. And uh, and I, I I care not to think about it, but what is worst case scenario if it really does not go well? Worst case scenario, we're still running a train. Hopefully, you know what's uh, the that's a, that's a tough the, question. The, the, I know. I, the, I ask tough questions here on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, very serious. No, no. Part of the frustrating part of this whole process yeah. is we've been asking New York State for a long term lease. We operate on a thirty day permit yeah. um, for you know twenty years now. And uh, we haven't gotten one, and we're going to have to go through a whole bidding process to be the operator on the rail line. So worst-case scenario, they build a rail line, and no one operates it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That would be the worst case. You're right, Beth. Thank you. Listen. uh, That's doom and gloom. uh, (laughs) Listen, I... I'm glad you guys came to come talk to us today. Uh, I appreciate, I know you guys have been doing tons of coverage about this. I can sense that you're tired and frustrated by the entire endeavor. Um... But I think what you guys are doing is is wonderful, and I don't think that this would have been getting as much coverage if it wasn't for the the heart and soul that you yeah. guys have been putting into it, and the amount of hard work you guys have been doing. Uh, and I think it's testament that it's been getting as much coverage as it is, and that public support seems to be hopefully coming well, in your direction. And, we uh, appreciate your support, and, and you know it's also important too. to note that wow. we're still running our regular operations. Of course, we really encourage everybody to check out the website and the really the the programs this year. I think we're are going to be that are going to be doing phenomenally well are the bike and paddle excursions that we have running up there. 
Uh, a lot of people have already shown a lot of interest in it this early in the season. So as it's getting nicer, uh, people are thinking about taking some trips up to uh, Old Forge Way, getting on the water. You liked how I, I did that? Getting on the water. Uh, Beth and Mark, Mark Piersma. Guys, I really appreciate you coming back. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Should we name, can we, can we name this you. award? We have, we have an award. We have an award to go back that, to the That's great. With. They're going to be like, where did you get that thing? Uh, yeah. It really, it, it took a lot of my promise to put that Thank award you. together. Thank and you. folks, we'll be back with the show in just a moment. very much to Beth and Marr and Mark Piersman from the Adirondack Scenic Railroad. Um, really, June 3rd, Rally for the Rails at the State Office Building. We have the sign out front of the house. You can also get a sign at 315-724-0700 or stop in at the Adirondack Scenic Railroad. They'll be happy to give you one there. Uh, very jolly, excitable people. Yes. Did, did you see the, the award I gave them? I put it on the Instagram page. I'm sure I people have already see seen it. I have not checked my Instagram yet. Tell me what you did. Oh, it's a cross-eyed tiger. Nice. It says two-timers on it because they've been on the show two times. Doesn't mean anything else besides that. Definitely, there's no jokes to be had. No. Uh, so, Higgins, uh, there's one thing we can all agree on in this show. We have very differing points of view, the three of us. But we all do appreciate the simple joys that are polar seltzer especially Woo! now that i'm banning myself from soda following you are gonna my... love it a lot more i'm excited uh and every summer they have four uh four brand four new give it, i think is it four every summer it seems like four yeah it's four this summer that's all i care about uh so you were nice enough to bring us all, all four. four yeah and you've set up these nice cups for us with you enough labeled you and... set up the cups i just are you the on the payroll for these people yes polar seltzer Pays me. Yo, Polar Seltzer, I'll be happy to be sponsored, by the way. I'm just oh, throwing that out there at Polar Seltzer. If I had to pick a sponsor, it'd be Polar Seltzer. There you go. See? Right there. Man, imagine all the backlash. Oh, man, if I had to Imagine pick all a... the backlash. If Can't I be to... talking about Seltzer this much, Aaron. I'm sorry. Man, if I had a <laughs> if I had to pick a sponsor, I feel like it would want to be something like like Tesla Motors, right? I'm trying to get one of those no. fancy Tesla cars. I'm going with Polar Seltzer. Free Seltzer would be great for me. All right, so let's start off. Uh, again, and Kevin, I don't know if you've seen the flavors. Uh, no I'm, idea. I can admit on the air, uh, I'm not lying. I don't even know what any of these flavors are. So let's taste All right, a... so we put, I put four cups with each seltzer in each one of them. They are labeled. You are going to take a drink. You are going to decide if you like it, if you don't like it what you think it is, and then I will reveal it and tell you how I feel about it. Okay. Kev, you ready? Sure. Start hey. with A. Ah, salud, my friend. Four times. Yes. There we go. Happen. Oh, okay. Um, do you know what this tastes like? And I'm not even joking. Lamb and tuna fish. <laughs> Lamb and tuna fish? This tastes like fruit by the foot. This tastes berries. a lot like I fruit by berries. the foot. This is, yeah, it's some sort of... Gum. Yeah, bubblegummy, 
berry flavor. This is okay. I feel like this is a little bit too sweet for me to cotton drink more candy. than a little cotton candy. Well, hold on, fellas, because you are drinking raspberry pink lemonade. This is raspberry pink lemonade? I and see the pink I lemonade. loved mm. it. This was the only this is the only one I've tried so far. I'm gonna try the rest of them with you guys, but I love oh oh shit, that's wrong. Hold on. Are we wrong? Yeah, this is mango berry. <laughs> mango berry. I was gonna say I So feel... keep your eyes peeled for a raspberry pink lemonade. <laughs> So, it really goes to show the power of suggestion, though. She pulled it up. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, right, lemonade. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense, Because mango okay, berry makes considerably Ugh. more sense. Yes, I have not um, tried this one yet. Let me. I, the smell of it gives me a little bit of a, like, I don't like it, but. Yeah, it's a little too tropical. It tastes like a tropical starburst. It has a very fruit oh, snacky vibe. I like it. Yeah, fruit snacky, right? It's very mm-hmm. fruit snacky. I feel like uh, this would be better over ice than. Hot trash. Leave it on the shelf. Yeah, so right mango now. Mango berry. Mango berry, not the pink lemonade. Mango not digging, berry. Not digging mango. I think, I think mango in general is kind of a rough flavor to artificially replicate. Mango reminds me of... It doesn't stop these people from trying. Well, a lot of people mango do everything. It. Yeah, mango everything. I don't like mangoes. I'll be honest with you. I think they taste like um, uh, pine needles. I like a mango like a mango salsa. I don't. Yeah, mm. I like a mango salsa. All right. All right, B. B, let's move on. Skull. Oh my gosh. Just Every drink time. It. Just drink it. It's seltzer. Oh, this is... This must be the raspberry This is the lemonade. pink lemonade. Yeah. Wow. Well, Am I glad you picked that next? This is actually quite good. It's delicious. This is quite tasty. The pink lemonade is my I feel favorite. like if it was cold... Yes, these aren't cold. I'm sorry. I took them off a shelf. Hot seltzer. This <laughs> is hot seltzer. It's delicious though, right? Wait, yeah. this is seltzer, not seltzer. I said seltzer. Sorry, uh, no. This is, uh, yeah, this is... I can see drinking this. This is yes. very tasty. I had this at the Made in Utica party the other day. It was delicious. Uh, okay, that's right. tasted this before. All right, let's move on. Next. Mm. C. C. Which one is C, Aaron? Don't get them mixed up again. All right, C. Uh, I don't have any more cheers. Down the hatch. Down the hatch, she May goes. May your girlfriends and your wives never meet. Mm, this has an orangey scent to it already. I'm... Sam is getting serious here. Just drink it, Sam. I smell orange. Okay, let's find out. Yeah. Nah, no, this doesn't do it for me. No, this is bad. You are drinking tangerine limeade. Tangerine limeade, huh? Trash. Yes, you were right off. You the know what? I gotta tell you, that's disappointing to me because I tangerine love tangerine limeade mm. sounds like something that would be a hundred thousand percent. It's in my a wheelhouse. good thing Aaron had you try it, or else she would have bought that right off the shelf. I would have bought that off the shelf. No, and I would have too. I wouldn't be buying this in bulk without trying it because I love lime. Because tangerine limeade sounds to me like. A high C flavor called Ecto Cooler. It sounds like what that flavor back, used to be. I know, I know. I'm very. You excited. should have seen Sam at the grocery store over the weekend, aggressively shopping the high C aisle, looking for Ecto Cooler. Not surprised. Mm. All right, keep going. You got one left. All right, last one, guys. Mm. D. Yeah, double D, if you will. Take it down. <laughs> Take him down the double D's. Grape. Definitely grape. grape. Something. Yeah, it's strong grape flavor. Take it down. Hurry up. We're running out of time here. Does my show Higgins is never running out of any time? Atta boy, his show. Good show. Pomegranate sangria. Yeah, there's the sangria. That's the okay. great. Okay. Okay. All right. So all these were all right. I'm... I just like, like, oh. lime. It smells like grapes. It does it have does a very smell. grapey smell. It smells like grape soda. Oh, I love grape soda. Mm-mm. Can't drink anymore. Can't drink anymore. Mm-hmm. No more soda. No soda. If you want well. a grape soda, try pomegranate sangria. Uh, so I'm going to go in just real quick. I think raspberry pink lemonade... Uh, tangerine limeade, pomegranate sangria, mango berry. That's my order. I'd probably have to go in the same order. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I wouldn't, I don't think I'd probably ever reach for another one of them again if it was up to me. The raspberry wow. pink lemonade I could, I could I liked behind. it. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, 
I feel like I'm set with the ones that I have. None of these really blow me away. That pink lemonade is probably the best. I could see a use for that pomegranate sangria one, but I don't specifically know where. I feel you know like what? if I drank more clear liquor, I would be more into these flavors. Yeah. A lot of people assume that, too, when you buy polar seltzer, they're like, they're a boozer? Because it seems like it's a thing that a lot of people just buy as a oh, mixer sure. drink, right? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I used to like? Last summer, they had ginger, uh, like ginger lemonade, lemonade ginger. It was mm. so good. I always convince myself to buy just the vanilla-flavored one, which skeeves out everybody it's except disgusting. me. He drinks vanilla seltzer and eats good and plenties, and he's an animal. And he Yo, needs good to be and plenties. Good no. and plenties were my favorite candy good until I went gluten free. Are they not gluten free? They are not. I was totally disappointed. Those what? and Twizzlers. I can't eat either of them. Wow. I know. Well, Aaron, excellent work. Uh, so, science. if you're trying the new polar seltzers, we can recommend the raspberry pink lemonade, and the other ones we all give a hearty meh to. Meh. So, there you go. Yeah. Ooh, mango berry, definitely mm. not. Guys, I got a hot take for you. Uh, this is something I happened to catch on Facebook. Uh, I don't know if this is even... Uh, I don't know when somebody posted this, but it's last week. Do you remember when we were younger and we used to go to Space 26 all the time? Oh, yes. yeah. Space oh, tw- yeah. Space 26 is for sale, guys. <gasps> you can buy Space oh, 26. Oh, that's sad. For the low, low price. $30,000. Which is crazy to me. Wow. Crazy low, right? Makes you wonder what's up with $30,000 worth of... Space 26. Space 26, after it left its uh, the managerial hands that we all know all knew it in, and it went to a different owner, it sort of like fell apart for me. I think it did for a lot of people too. Uh, and it became sort of something that it has it wasn't supposed to be, and it drew a lot of really negative attention. Could we make it Uticast headquarters? Uticast 26. We'll just move all our stuff right in there. Thirty thousand. I feel like for thirty thousand, you want to go like, do you want to live there? It might <laughs> like, not be the worst idea. Just take you take the thirty thousand, you sell off all the actual bar equipment, all the actual nice like kitchen and bar physical equipment to other places that are opening. You take that extra money to retrofit it into like a downtown one floor apartment thing. Or I you mean, turn then you then you live. It's true. You turn it into a really I think nice there's bar. There's a lot of headaches with owning a bar. There's like a lot. Like as much as it'd be, I always think in my head that I would like to own. Uh, there's a place in New York I used to go to all the time. It was called the Black Swan, and they used to make uh, brunch and dinner, and they would play all the soccer games in the morning. So if you went at Saturday morning at seven thirty, eight o'clock, the games would be on, and they'd be having food already, and they had their liquor license, so they would sell you booze whatever early. you wanted. Yeah, and it was nice, and like. I was like, man, what a cool job to like own this soccer bar where you can watch soccer with all the customers who want to watch the game and serve them food. But then I'm just thinking about it from like a business standpoint. I'm like, nah, it's gotta, it's not as chill as it seems from the outside. It's got to be so much of a headache to like all the little things you don't think about, like just like power bills and. I like, said it keep... to Cliff and I think it was Cliff or Mark. I said while we were pouring on Saranac, I said, wouldn't that be like, why didn't we think of this? Why didn't we think of? you know, a bar or a brewery, and we would all be having a blast. And then the more I poured beer and dealt with people, I was like, nope. That's the thing. Like, if you're going to own a bar, no, I mean, no until, until you get to a point where you become successful and, you know, you can hire some people to run your bar for you, you're there late all the time. And, like, yeah. that's that's a lot to bite off, and it could and would be a lot of fun. But by that same token, like, it's a real roll of the dice. I think that right now where Space 26 is, um, right on their immediate street doesn't have some of the best nightlife neighbors. Mm-hmm. And I think that street is still a little bit underappreciated in the current, uh, everybody liking to go downtown and stuff. Yeah. I think people forget about some of the killer restaurants and places like that on Bank Place. Yes. But I think that there is a lot of potential there for somebody to do something. And I think at that price point, that's got to be pretty attractive. I think probably once... Um, some other specific neighbors are moved out for good. I think that street becomes a lot more attractive to them. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird to watch. Like, I remember, uh, this, is, this is really going back. Uh, when I first started my blog, remember I had a blog when I was a long time ago when I was a kid, Kev? Yes. Yeah, it was called John Wilkes Blog. I believe it's still on Blogspot. You could probably find it. Uh, you shaking your head at John Wilkes Blog. Oh, Come on. That's very witty. It was the blog that sneaks up on you. That's kind of funny, right? Oh, like, that's, that's kind of funny. That's clever. <laughs> that's pretty good. All right, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. All right. Anyhow. I'm giving um, you as a child more credit, then. Well, don't, because don't it's Don't let a, him say child to you like he wasn't, like, 23 years old. I, that's he was a still, child. Anyone under 30 is a child, guys. He I hate to admit it. He was a child at 23, guys. Uh, no, but the first article I the first article I wrote was a poem I wrote about Space 26 not being cool anymore. God. It was called Monsters from Outer Space, so go back and look for it. It's very terrible. That's all I ever think of when I think of Space 26. Jesus. I can't believe you told people. You're a brave man. It's terrible. I can go back and get a good laugh out of it. Look, I'm familiar You're with You're just trying to pump my... that traffic, so you're going to tell them it's so yeah, terrible from so you the traffic numbers. It's been a thing posted since 2012, which was a year after the post that was the last post before that. Anyhow. Okay. All right, so I want to talk to you guys about something, uh, and maybe you'll care about this, maybe you'll, you won't. I just thought it was interesting. Uh, this is a little bit of a scandal that's been making the rounds about the Ghostbusters movie. You're familiar about the new Ghostbusters movie that's coming out? Yeah. The all-females Ghostbusters movie? Yeah. You don't seem very excited about well, it. Well, you know what? To be honest with you, um, I saw the obviously saw the original Ghostbusters and liked it, loved it, whatever. Um, I'm sort of meh. About the whole thing. I don't see it as an issue. Like, keep going. Well, yeah, because this will tie into a little bit of what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I think the ghosts in this one are really scary and it's unnecessary. I uh, I didn't going. get that from the trailer, but uh, the point is, uh, so there's an internet celebrity. He's not really even a celebrity. I know him from when I was a kid. This guy's name is James Rolfe. Familiar James Rolfe? No idea. Not Angry Video Game Nerd is his actual name. The Angry Video Game Nerd. Now, hang on. Just, just, just bear with me for a second. No, Aaron, no. take me with you. All right. No. All right. Just go. Bear, bear, bear with me for one second. Make no, it a point here. Oh, nerds. All right. So, this guy uh, made a video on the... You guys got two million followers on YouTube, so... Kevin and I aren't any of them. Fine. All I'm saying so is... So angry. He went out... Well, I'm trying to get to a point here. Okay. The um, angriest nerd. <laughs> Sam. So the point is, he made a video Everybody's saying quiet. that he was not going to go see the new Ghostbusters movie. Is it because there's girls in it? Well, that's the thing. No. no. Nowhere in this video, nowhere at any point in time in this video did he say, I'm not going to see this because it's an all-female cast. What okay. you got from the video is, man, this guy likes Ghostbusters way too much. Okay. That's what you get from it. Like, that's this guy is right. like a Ghostbusters fanboy, and he's sad. Yet... The Atlantic, Gawker, like, Time, a lot of magazines, articles, internet blogs are crushing this guy for being anti-feminist. A sexist. A sexist. Even though nothing in his actual critique of why he's not going to see the movie. So why isn't he going to see the movie? Uh, well, I could play the video for you. I can, I can tell just by the talk of it. He's one of these guys who loves it, and he's afraid they're going to ruin it, and he thinks they're taking liberties with a franchise that means a lot to him. Yeah, he makes a whole video as well about how they were supposed to make Ghostbusters 3 back in the 80s and why it didn't work and why he thinks this is just like a cash grab or whatever. Well, it um, is a cash grab. It is a cash but grab. I no guess the, about that. But I guess the question, the question that people are now talking about that's become a bigger issue is, can you critique this movie on the basis of it being a movie you don't want to see without coming off as a sexist. As a sexist. It depends if you're talking to an idiot or not. Um, I think that what it really comes down to is if you, if you were to come out and say that I don't want to see this movie because it's an all-girl cast and girls are yucky, okay, you're an idiot, whatever. You're probably anti-feminist, all that stuff, but you don't even register on like polite adult conversation. You don't count if you're somebody who thinks like that, I feel. Right. But by that same token, just because it has all women in it doesn't mean that you have to be interested in going to see it. 
I don't think that I, I think that it's kind of sexist to put so much onus on the fact that it's just women and make that the barometer on anybody who's like, I'm not excited about this. Be like, well, you're a sexist. It's like we're not even talking about like gender or the sexes or anything like that. I just don't really want to see a washed up cash in Ghostbusters movie in 2016 at all. Thank you very much. It has nothing to do with the men or the women. So I think yeah, you can say it. My question going forward is like. You know, I 100% agree with you. 100%. Do I want to go see it? No. Will I go see it? No. But that doesn't obviously mean have anything to do with the fact that there's girls in it. I'll watch it on, like, HBO. Yeah. Give me, like, eight months when it comes out and it's free. Then I'll watch it. But I think that I don't really care enough about Ghostbusters. Right. Period. Period. To see it. I, I saw the preview. I was not like, yes, this movie looks amazing. I didn't have that, like gut reaction i thought that the ghosts were like really frightening for no reason and i just had no interest in seeing the movie i just think from a greater standpoint what bothers me about this is this is sort of what's become of like discourse yeah today like you know this guy specific discourse. this guy is has two million followers who you guys have both said you would never be so inherently he's not your audience who's this guy's audience the people who like what he has to say exactly. right inherently yeah like so if you take what this guy has to say to his audience, and you're the Atlantic, and you want to lambast this guy for being whatever, Sexist. like, did you even watch the video, or oh, you just, you know? It has nothing to do with the guy. It's about the advancement of an agenda, because page clicks equal ad revenue. Mm-hmm. The more people who come to your page, the more money you can sell in advertising. That holds true from the front to the back of the internet. These people aren't journalism. This isn't discourse. These people are trying to get page views so they can make more fake internet dollars. Mm. Which I would love to take some of those sweet, sweet internet dollars. So Ghostbusters, if you want to advertise on Uticast, hit the mailbag. We will talk to you all day. You want to give us some money? Who are you going to call? Yeah, exactly. Uticast. I'll give you our number. Slide into the DMs. All right, so yeah, that's just something. That wasn't so bad. That wasn't as nerdy as you thought it would be. No, honestly, it's not nerdy at all. It's just one of those things where it's like, you can make the argument for any of these movies that they are trying to redo or any movie where basically yeah. came from like a comic book, a book, and anything in the past that isn't an original thought now. You can make that argument. You could say, I don't want to see this movie because I'm a diehard for the original stuff, not have anything to do with the right. gender, the sexuality, the race, the creed of any of the cast members. I think that's a fair point to be made because like, what's to say that we've maybe this guy personally hasn't gotten to a level where he's like I'm sick of reboots think about all the movies that have been re- re- rebooted oh. over the last like 25 oh. years right we have, like, we have an original idea to stick to you know because original fair. because original movie ideas scare Hollywood studios because there's no guarantee that you're going to make that money back like you say Batman versus Superman people go out and see that movie right yeah. because yeah. it's got guaranteed draw these characters draw people yeah you create a superhero story like Chronicle, which is an original story about superheroes, and people are like, I don't, what is this? I don't understand. Where's Where's right. Spider-Man? And nobody went to see it. And like, you look at Chronicle, Chronicle's an awesome it's movie. It's a great movie. Chronicle's like, I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, why don't people go see this? This is so much better than yeah. Thor 6. Yeah, yeah. Re-Thored. Re-Thored. <laughs> Thor Harder. Yeah. I'm waiting for Thor, uh, Thor, <laughs> Thor. Thor 3. Thor Harder. Thor, be. Tokyo Drift. Thor is kind of a lame superhero. I'm sorry. Like I, I like Chris Hemsworth. He's, He's a very... hell of a pitcher. Oh, you're talking about the Metropolitans, the New York Metropolitans? I don't know what you're talking about. No. Um, Didn't Matt Harvey die on the mound the other day? He had a minor moment. Yeah, it was awful, honestly. And I, 
you know, I'll have the argument. I don't want to talk about it because I'll have the argument for re-signing him and trading him as trade fodder, but I'm done, man. My Matt Harvey. If you had told me a year ago that I'd be dreading Harvey Day. We did. Right here on this podcast. I don't think you did. I would have been like, that's ridiculous. And now I'm just dreading Harvey Day. It's Tuesday, by the way, and I'm dreading it. I feel like this is what the tables are turned on us like, right? Like, we used to be Yankee fans who were complaining with our first place team. We're like, ah, they don't pitch. Now our team stinks, and now all the Mets fans are like, man, man Harvey, oh, like, you guys are good. You'll be fine we're fine and we're great organization but i think that now we expect matt harvey to be the best matt harvey that he can be and mm-hmm. when the meltdown in the world series happened and that was should have been you know that's not his fault he 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 went over his pitch limit and tc should have pulled him but we now as fans expect him to be this like superhero because we have jacob de and we have noah Syndergaard, and we have steven matz and we have bartolo who are such amazing pitchers. Your weird Bartolo Cologne crush is so on brand for you. You <laughs> and Bartolo and Pete Carroll going on a three-round date. I think it's funny for a person to say we have a great organization when the Wilpons still own the team. Hey, All right, you know what? Let's not go there. I do want to say one thing really quickly, just a hot take. Bartolo, as we know, hit a home, his first home run mm. a couple weeks ago, literally like eight or nine days ago, and they have already created a bobblehead. Yeah. Did you see it? Yeah. And the bobblehead bobbles his belly and his head. <laughs> and I'm like, sign me up. I've pre-ordered like four. I just can't uh, say no. Great work today, guys. They're giving Excellent. me my Christmas presents this year. Excellent work. I can't wait to get a Bartolo Cologne bobble, bobble belly for Christmas. Bobble belly for Christmas. Uh, Aaron, two weeks in a row. Listen. I know. I'm doing really well. You got all that, that good praise from Parkinson. Don't blow it down. It doesn't happen very often. I know. I came out swinging this morning. Ask him. I was texting him the other day about stuff, and I, I, I was texting Katie and Mark this morning. I feel like we've started the clap tour. Too early, I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kevin, Do it. For Kevin Sullivan, I am Sam Famalaro. We made it. We made it, guys. We're here. Not anymore. The show's over. Now, I'm just, now I've got to finish cutting out my caterpillars. Thank <laughs> you.